Mirror, Mirror, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Improbable Dreams 900, read by God of Laundry Baskets. Summary Adam, Eve, and Crawley flee Eden through the western gate, and it turns out that that simple decision makes all the difference in the world. Chapter 1 Prologue In the Beginning It was a nice day. All the days had been nice. There had been rather more than seven of them so far, and rain hadn't been invented yet. But clouds massing east of Eden suggested that the first thunderstorm was on its way, and it was going to be a big one. The angel of the western gate's wings rustled behind her as she turned her gaze from the sunset on the still-clear horizon to the serpent behind her. "'I'm sorry,' she said rudely. "'What was that about?' "'I said that one went down like a lead balloon,' said the serpent. "'And what would you know about that?' snapped the angel, whose name was Ridwith. "'I'm just saying, I think it was a bit of an overreaction, to be honest,' said the serpent. "'I mean, first defense and everything. I can't see what's so bad about knowing the difference between good and evil, anyway.' Ridwith turned to face the serpent more fully, eyes narrowing. It is bad, she stated flatly. She surveyed him for a moment, and then her hand went to the hilt of her sword. And everyone who belongs in this garden knows that, which makes you the one that did the deed, doesn't it? It wasn't personal, said the serpent, whose name was Crawley, although he was thinking of changing it. Crawley, he decided, was not him. They just said, get up there and make some trouble. You're a demon, Ridwith said darkly, drawing her sword. The scrape of the blade on the sheath was like nails on a chalkboard. It is not possible for you to do good. It's down to your basic nature. Crawley eyed the cherub's blade warily and thought vaguely that he should have fled east instead of west. The angel who'd let him in through the eastern gate had seemed a lot friendlier. But you've got to admit, he tried. It's a bit of a pantomime, isn't it? Pointing out the tree and saying, Don't touch in big letters. Not very... Do not presume to know the divine plan, Ridwith snapped, taking a step towards Crawley. I cast the humans from this very gate just an hour ago, and now you and your silver tongue have the audacity to tempt more angels to fall. I do not know how you gained entrance to this garden, serpent, but I assure you, 
that you will not be leaving it. Ridwith took another step closer, and Crawley realized with a sudden flash of fear that she intended to make good on her threat. He started backing up, serpentine coils falling over each other as the cherub advanced, flames suddenly igniting along the blade of her sword. Crawley's gaze slid from the divine weapon to the freedom just behind her, beyond the gate, and made a quick decision. Instead of spinning and slithering back into the relative safety of the garden, he lowered his head to the ground and darted forward. Halt, serpent! Ridwith cried, sword whistling through the air as it arced down towards him. Crawley twisted but kept surging forward, locking his eyes on the glowing aura of the sunset. A sharp, stinging pain shot along his side, and Crawley let out a strangled hiss as he shot past the angel and through the gate. Do not ever return here, demon! Ridwith shouted after him. But Crawley didn't hear any sounds of pursuit as he plunged into the long grass. Pain was dancing along his side, and it struck a deeper as he dove further into the undergrowth, eating at his very core. Crawley put another ten minutes between himself and the western gate before he allowed himself to slow to a stop, flanks heaving. His side burned. But when he swiveled his head around to get a good look, it appeared that the blade had only grazed him. He was missing a few of his diamond shape, shimmering black scales, and there was a faint smear of blood. But apart from that, he appeared unharmed. Crawley healed the injury with a small burst of power. He was still breathing heavily, though, and there was a deeper pain one that went beyond the condition of his corporation. He recalled that the flaming sword was divine in nature, and realized with some panic it must be reacting with his newly infernal self. It was still a fairly minor wound, but it stung in a way that made him think it would take more than miracles to heal. Crawley stayed there in the grass for another long minute, forcing himself to calm down as dark clouds rolled overhead and the sun winked out of sight below the horizon. A few drops began to fall, bruising the blades of the grass around him. The wind picked up, cold and stiff, and some tiny bright part of Crawley wished very quietly that he wasn't so alone. The pain of falling was still fresh and raw in his mind, and it was now joined by the searing pain in his side. He didn't want to return to the chaos and violence of the newly forming hell, and had hoped, rather naively, that he might find someone sympathetic among the remaining angels. But their plays had been made very clear and Crawley knew it had been a wholly foolish thought in the first place. Anyone who might have been inclined to show him kindness had fallen alongside him. The abyss was his home now, as poor and wretched of a home as it was. Crawley curled himself into a ball as the dark curtains marched along overhead, 
the rain beginning to fall in earnest. The fat, cold drops struck the grass and ground around him, and the howling of the wind filled the air. Crawley knew there was nothing left for him in Eden or heaven. No one here was going to help him, so he would have to help himself. He had brought about the fall of man, and for that the abyss would thank him. He didn't need friends in heaven anyway. He would have plenty in hell. Or maybe something better than friends. Followers. There were plenty of demons in the abyss looking to follow anyone who showed strength, and their allegiance was ripe for the taking. Crawley had always fancied himself a bit of an entrepreneur. The rain fell harder, and Crawley fixed his mind on this promising, infernal opportunity as the world turned gray and cold around him. The future was only a stone throw away, but for now, Crawley only tucked his head under his coils, shivering as the ice-cold water ran over his scales, and told himself he would never be alone like this again. And deep inside Crawley, the tiny spark of light that had somehow survived the fall dwindled, flickered faintly, and, without fanfare or fuss, quietly blinked out. It was going to be a dark and stormy night. End chapter one.